show's over. Turn it back around. Probably something more interesting over that way. <clears throat> but, Arbiter friend! Thank you. Oh, it's still warm. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Not! I'm sorry. Did you mean to suck? But, Arbiter friend! This crap! Arbiter, you are my hero. Chief, you may be the dumbest best man I've ever met. You had to be the hero, huh? Well, now you're dead. Now you're a dead hero. And you're actually forgotten. I can't even remember your name. Is, do we like do we like say Mary Chief Miss? What it, well, that's know? good. I like that Mary Chief Miss. Um, but then Happy New. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> happy. What's a new? Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of a New Year one. Up, so I'm usually good with these bad puns too. Um, man, what the Happy uh, Halo New uh, Year? No, that's stupid. <laughs> Jesus. No, I've I need to adjust my interface. Ah okay. It's fine. Um happy um jeez. Yeah, my creativity is stumped right there. That's about as much as I can do. <laughs> happy um There's gotta be some stupid fucking forerunner name that might work. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head though. We could just create a uh, forerunner called like Alas, New Year Reborn. That's his name. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I use. I usually just say uh, Merry Crisis and uh, Happy New Beer. Yeah, I noticed Merry I Crisis eat. is getting a lot of run this year. Um, I also saw it's a few Merry Crimis. There's Merry Crimis mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. I always say Crimbus, which is from Tim and Eric. Merry Crimbus. Um, there's quite a few options. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to, if you really well, want to engage in the full-on war on Christmas and take the Christ out of it, you know. I think uh, it came from a Vine or a TikTok of uh, like a girl going, "Merry Christmas, yeah, Merry Christmas." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've tripped across so, <laughs> that a few times on like TikTok or whatever. It's one of those. It's been making the rounds. Um, but yeah. It's <laughs> There's been a lot of like strange variations of that this year. I don't know. We should have thought ahead though, and we could have got some really sweet Halo themed ones. But alas, my brain is mush after finishing this book, even though it was really good. It's mush. I've mushed away. To be to to be fair, like uh, you know, it's a busy time of year. Like uh, the campaign review, uh, Ben and I, we've been uh, up to our ass. He's been completing it, and then. My kid had surgery, so like... Uh, How'd that turn out? I've been... Oh, man, it was a miserable experience, but he's okay now. That's good. It was, <laughs> I never want to go through anything like that again. That'd be uh, yeah. perfectly fine. Um, I thought... Also, side note, I thought Riser died. I am a potato. <laughs> no, yeah, like I, I just kind of went with it because <laughs> I was like, maybe I didn't read as far as I was supposed to read. Oh, and I'm like... So at the same time, like, is Ty gaslighting me? Did I just completely miss, like, a... <laughs> and I was just like, well, I'm just going to go back. I'll just poke through it and see if... And I was like, no, nah, he's definitely alive. They're not talking to a ghost. <laughs> Where are you? I, maybe... And then after the fact, I was like, well, maybe he was talking about... He was just accidentally calling Riser Gamblepar. Gamblepar Riser, I mean. Because Gamblepar did die. Yeah. I, I honestly read it, or I listened to it. And I was just like, holy fuck. 
how could I fuck something up that bad? There's probably people who've like actually read it before and listened to the last episode and they're like, hey, you're a fucking moron. Like, well, that's because they read the I first mean, edition and you're reading the second edition. It's a completely different book, people. Get it together. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I might also have the third edition. I don't know. I think I'm the only one who's read this version, you know? Yeah, it's but, a completely uh, different like, story. It, I. I can completely say from like the ending of this book all the way into the next book, I have no idea what's going to happen because oh, I don't really? remember the third book at all. Well, I don't know. We could just make a no. bunch of shit up here. I mean, if you want to continue the Riser is <laughs> Dead theme, we can just make shit up like, yeah, the librarian died in chapter 23. They just killed her. The librarian. The died act had a three-way with himself and his wife. Yeah. He mm. yeah, he absorbed <laughs> he absorbed everybody in his, you know, within a six-foot square radius of him, and now he is like ultra didact. He's uh he's the Megatron didact. He brought uh he copied Riser and then put together his very own lollipop guild. Yeah. There you go. No, I I I totally I didn't even think about it. Um I was just reading the book and I'm like, well, man, fuck. Where we left off, it was like literally just like towards the end of it anyways cuz Riser, where we left yeah. off, Riser was about to tell his story. Um before we get into that, though, I mean, do you want to gloat at all about your Cowboys yesterday? Because that was pretty embarrassing for the Wash- well, the Washington Redskins uh, or whatever the hell they're called. Well, the Washington football team. That's what they are now. I feel like they embarrass themselves as a franchise. Like, they don't even have a fucking name. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, all hands off with, like, teams. Like, uh, I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'll say that, like, up front. And I hate every other NFC East team because they're poverty. So every time we beat the shit out of them, like I will, I will just rub it in all of my friends' faces who are NFC East teams. No, but I was gonna do like a condensed sports talk. Uh, the Mavs are under five hundred, two games under five hundred. They played the Trailblazers tonight. Um, they're playing better as a team without Luca, and they're actually having some really fun and entertaining games, which is how bizarre, you know. And then yeah. um, Dak Prescott and this defense. Uh, is terrifying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I was watching it last night, like 42 to seven at halftime. I'm going to finish this game. Cause you don't see that too. <laughs> well, the thing that I really did love, um, was now when Dallas went to Washington there, they got some word from like Seattle that like their heated benches fuck up or something like that. <laughs> and so they sent in their own benches and it wasn't anything to do with like, Oh, we don't want to sit on your benches. It was just like, no, another team told us that they were having issues staying warm when they went and played in your stadium. And yeah. so what Washington did this time is they, they were like, well, we're going to bring our own benches. It's a fucking indoor stadium. And then they yeah. just get fucking rolled. It's hilarious. It was so funny well, to me. It, it's hilarious because, like, um, Washington's so poverty. Like, they, they even showed pictures of the, the, like, benches that people were having problems with. And they were all, like, high school benches. They sucked they sucked ass and then um this uh company i think it's called red dragon uh jerry jones called them up and was like hey can you make some last second and so they made these fancy benches last second for them to have and then ron rivera's like i just thought it was disrespectful and we whipped their ass then i mean we won 27 to 20 but dak prescott let them back in the game in the fourth quarter we were kicking their ass and um, a lot of the same plays you saw ten, or saw last night defensively we had against them two weeks ago. And when they brought their own benches like into Arlington, I'm like, dude, this this owner really wants to be Jerry Jones. Why is he being so weird? It's it's like Dan the Snyder, roof is going to be closed. Dan Snyder is the worst owner of all time. Um, 
the war, the Washington guy. Yeah. <laughs> they they fucking hate him there too. Like I poke into other teams' Reddit's just out of curiosity when like news breaks, you know, and I just kind of like poking around and seeing what their fans are saying oh, about yeah, it. Oh yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, I mean they really fucking and for good reason. He's literally I think he's probably the worst worst owner in all of sports. He's got to be up there in top 5 for sure. Um but I don't know, shit's done for my Vikes. So I guess um I've never been really a Cowboys guy, but I'll pull for you. Uh, I hope the best for your team. I'd much rather have the well, Cowboys than the Packers. So Man, and, and well, if Dallas keeps the number two seed, then we'd get the Eagles, and then assuming things go according to plan, we'd probably get the Rams, which are two of the best case scenarios, and then Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady would duke it out. That's that's all I wanted. But if we drop to the four seed, we're we're playing a Rod and Lambeau, you know, you know my my biggest hope is that we will face Tom Brady in the conference championships and we get three straight home games. That because our play at home. I mean, the Giants, the Eagles, and the football team um, at home, we've dropped 40 burgers on each of them at home. Hmm. So, like, our stats are different. But, like, if the Vikes beat the Packers and Dallas wins out, then you get the number one seed? Yes. So you need the Packers to lose once, and you need to win out. Yeah, it's it's literally it'll be a four-way tie, and Dallas has only lost one conference game. And that was to fucking Tom Brady and Zerline. Wouldn't have lost. Oh, that was that was uh that was week one, wasn't it? That was way back. That was week one. Yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do. I don't know. They looked pretty uninspired against the Rams yesterday, but who knows? Uh, Very lethargic. I was I was waiting because I'm like, okay, if the Vikes win one of these games and we win the division, because yeah, before the game, and I had to count on the Raiders, and luckily they won. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's still possible the Vikes could get in, but I even if they do, what does it really matter? They get rolled on, so I don't care. Whatever. Um, they would play Dallas. They actually recorded the clone cast through the second half of yesterday's game because I was like, I was fucking, let's just do this. <laughs> I don't give a shit about this. Oh, man. But my Timberwolves are also very COVID up right now, so, like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, Towns has COVID. He's in the protocols. D'Angelo Russell is oh, in the protocols. Jesus. Anthony Edwards is still in the protocols. Patrick Beverly is still. Our entire fucking starting lineup is in the protocols right now. <laughs> so That's us. It's, a, <laughs> it's going around. I don't know. They're changing up a lot of the rules in these leagues now because Omicron is so, like, highly communicable. And But if you're vaccinated, I don't know. Like, they're still figuring stuff out. But with the with this variant, I don't know. I've heard some things that. There's nothing definitive, but it sounds like it might be if you're vaccinated, it might be, you know, weaker, basically, um, is the hope and that the strains are kind of weakening out. And maybe we're just going to get some more like mild strains of this now. So that would be good if that's where we're headed. Yeah. Who knows? I think I think uh, they're they announced a booster that is like like a like a vaccine, like boom, just once a year kind of thing. Um, I don't know how fast that's going to come out, but the Mavs are kind of ravaged with COVID, too. Yeah, I looked up. We just played y'all, so that makes sense. I have the NBA's injuries up right now. It is fucking littered, dude. Like, like all these teams are just getting smoked. But then you have the Bucks, and it's just like Brooke Lopez. uh, He underwent back surgery. Fucking hell. (laughs) Somehow they've avoided the COVID mess, but, like, every other team I'm looking at it, then, damn, man, like, there's like teams with like literally like the even the Timberwolves. There's like 12 close to like 10 players out. It's insane. 
Like our starting lineup um, wasn't even our starting lineup. Like Porzingis was the only one who started, which he's been on and off because of injuries. Luca's been out for damn near a month, um, which he needs the rest anyway. And then Jalen Brunson was our sixth man, and he's probably going to be the starting point guard after this because he's so damn good. Honestly, and uh, he fucking lit up the ar- yeah, He lit up a few of our guys when we played you. He's fucking good. Yeah, like uh, when we when we went and watched the Mavs play against the Pelicans and the Pelicans steamrolled us. Um, Brunson was the only one where we were like like getting excited for because he was the only one actually making shots. But um, like our bench and the rest of our starting lineup are guys we literally just signed off a free agency and. Somehow they're doing better than our normal team, yeah. which is it's just the weirdest fucking thing. But at least we're being competitive. Yeah. Two games below 500. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I, don't know. I think Dallas and the Wolves are both stuck in that kind of like play in area, seed seven through 10. So it's like a one up play yeah. on. It's, they started last year. It's just a play in game. And if you win the play in game, then you get into the playoffs to get just sacrifice to a one and two seed <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically i mean i don't see i'm just curious how dallas is gonna be after luca comes back because i just they they've just looked completely lethargic like luca gets the ball he holds on to the ball second longest more than anybody in the league and then they everybody just stands there and if Luca makes the shot, cool. If he bounces, uh, if he kicks the pass out to the three-point line, guess what? Chances are they're gonna miss it. Um, it's just like it's just such a lethargic team. And honestly, the defense right now is playing pretty good, even without Luca. So it's like, I don't know what Jason Kidd's gonna do with Luca. Like, I, I don't feel know. Like, yeah, I mean, I I kind of hate that ball dominant stuff. I mean, it's a you know where they just where you have the ball dominant guy you don't really run plays there's a lot of iso and just people yeah. standing in the corners pick and roll you know? pick and roll pick and roll like i don't know i like i like swinging the ball around finding the best shot i mean obviously you got to get luka his shots but you know if you're just going to iso and hold the ball till there's fucking 6 seconds left in the shot clock that's just garbage offense well i think you know luka comes back we start brunson um, I think that's the best case scenario for everybody because Brunson's been lighting it up. Dorian Finney-Smith, a small forward, and then you have Maxi Klebo, power forward, and then uh, Porzingis at center. He's been playing some good defense. I think that's the starting lineup. That's the starting lineup, but I don't think um, they'll do that because, you know, like I said, when I watched that live game against the Pelicans, I'm like, why is this guy our sixth man? Like, he – like, you can put um, Hardaway and you can put um, – What's his face on the bench, and then once the bench comes on the on the court, they can kind of ignite that. But they're not they're not starters. I but, like you know two games. I think Hardaway coming off the bench would be nice. I mean, he's like the perfect bench six man. You know, a guy that just comes in and gets buckets. You know, uh, oh yeah, I like he's Finney not getting Smith anyone a lot actually. Like I really like Finney Smith. <laughs> I I thought he was pretty good in the two games that I watched that they played the Wolves. I I thought Finney Smith was a pretty nice player. I think those are like were two of the best games he he's had all year. Honestly, like um, when we when they've needed him most, he's he's stepped up, and that's more than I could say for Hardaway or um, I'm blanking on him. I don't know. Bullock Bullock was ass. Bullock is ass. Reggie um, is it Reggie Bullock on the bench? Yeah. Um, I want Hardaway and Bullock to come off the bench, and then you can have uh, Moses Brown as well. Moses Brown has been incredibly efficient. 
Um, he's he's like anywhere between three to four minutes, and he's scoring um, for like three minutes. I think the last game he had six points. Like you can't you can't beat that. You know, Willie Cauley Stein needs to stay gone forever. And I then, forgot he was um, even on the team. I didn't see him. Was he out when he played us? He's been out for like two months because of personal reasons. Oh, okay. <coughs> and then um, Dwight Powell can retire and uh, be the concession stand guy, and I would be okay. He seems like the concession stand guy. Like, hey, man, you want a hot dog? And I'm like, yeah, I want a hot dog. But he's a very high-energy guy that does nothing. Yeah. He's like that guy you see on on the court that's, like, running around and being everywhere, but he's literally doing nothing. It's like he's jazzercising. So, Well, I mean, I you can't – I don't know. We got a guy like that, Vanderbilt. He was out, I think, for those games. But he's like our rebound guy. Like he's a rebound and energy defense guy. You, they they come oh, in man. handy, but anytime he gets a pass down low, there's like a fifty fifty chance he'll just drop it and he'll fumble out of bounds. <laughs> so it's just he's got his he's got his things that he does well, but he's also has like some hindrances that really prevent him from being a really effective player. Those energy See, Powell's guys. like that guy that'll be like high energy, but he won't get rebounds, steals, points, nothing. And then uh, what'll happen is uh, they'll transition and uh, they'll pass him the ball, and he'll just turn his hip and be like, "Nah, pass it away." Yeah. And then he that's that's all he touches the ball for the whole transition. It's like, okay, you don't. How about you get in the low post? Oh no, you're not a big man. Okay. Well, can you shoot some uh, mid-range jump? Oh, no, never mind. Okay. That's what we got Porzingis for and Moses and uh, um, fucking, um, damn it, Mavs fans are going to crucify me, but I've had like two hours of sleep. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pretend like I didn't fuck that up. Um, Just edit uh, it. Who cares? <laughs> Just edit it out. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, condensed sports talk. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where do we want to go with this? So we did parts one and two, and then I actually, <laughs> I, I had been reading them in quarters, but I decided to just finish the fucking book cause I was really curious about some things. So we decided, fuck it, let's just finish off the book today and then we can move on to book three of the forerunner saga, uh, for the next episode and start doing that in quarters. Salentium. Uh, very excited for Salentium. Um, with the didact on the cover, yeah, looks so dope. Really, like the first two books, super different vibes. You know, I mean, the first one really focused on Born Stellar and then becoming the didact. This one's all Chakas, and then the second half, Riser joins in. Um, so this is just really about the humans. I, we really don't. We do get yeah. the didact. The Born Stellar didact does show up at the oh, end. The er didact, the er or the iso. Go ahead, continue, sorry. Um, I didn't really have anything too exciting to say there, but he does show up. Um, and I mean the really the big reveal here is we might as well just get out there. Chakis, his imprint is what becomes known as three four three guilty spark, the big baddie from <sighs> Combat Evolve. Um, so he becomes a monitor, unfortunately, for poor Chakis. Like much more sympathetic now, kind of. Yeah. He's gone insane. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would assume, like, being, like, the, um, being left on this Halo installation as a monitor for thousands and thousands of years, you might go a little nuts, right? 
Um, I know he's got his programming. I don't know. But it just seems like, you know, it's not that's not a good fate for anyone. That sounds miserable, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of like in um, uh, the first book, uh, Cryptum, like, you know, we talked about how Born Steller really had his agency ripped away from the didact and there's nothing he could do about it because destiny and whatnot. And now we see the isodidact. I don't think they refer to him as that in this book, but I think they will in the next one because the isodidact is Born Steller's didact. There's a. There'll be a differentiation. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember. And uh, here we see Bornsteller's didact with all of uh, his experiences with the humans. He decides to um, rip his agency away um, almost sympathetically. It's 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 uh, kind of shitty, it, honestly. It's yikes. It's like it's like this this whole book and this whole journey with like especially with Chakas is like uh, they get to a point and they continue and continue and continue and it's almost like you're right there at the end and then it's almost like you give up and then you're backed into a corner and the only way you can survive is to have your absolute agency ripped away and then you're stuck in this little ball for the rest of uh, eternity outliving the forerunners as um riser said he would (laughs) yeah um now we never got um you know uh gamblepar i want to go back a little ways uh we never got venevra's i you know he whispered venevra's real name to um chakas and i was curious about that do i didn't i didn't catch did i miss it i never heard it said no is it something that comes up in later books or no it it's uh, it's actually just never said in this book. Oh, okay. Um, there's even a, there's even an instance, and I think that's more so for like Chakas's character because, um, there's a point where she's like, you know, you can call me by my real name if you want, and he's really not ready to like, accept, the love and responsibility because he hates it, and by the time he's in a position where he might, wants to, then, it's already too late. Which, it's kind of shit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So poor Chakas. Yeah, poor Chakas. So I mean, <laughs> it's really sad when you think about it and just how everything goes down. Um, but uh, the didact does show up, and I guess kind of saves the day. Now, is this installation seven? This is is this is the same Halo, right? Is this the same Halo from Combat Evolved, or is this different? I was trying to figure that out. Um, this should be. Oh, you said installation zero seven. Yeah, is it seven. Let me see. Zero seven. That should be. Is that not? That's Zeta Halo. That's from Infinite. Okay. I was confused. I was like, wait, wait, is it? Yeah, that's Zeta Halo. So which Halo number is this one? Do we have an exact number on this one? Oh, man. How many are there? There's like 12, right? There's 12, but then there was like seven smaller ones, right? Um, this is one of seven rings in the Halo array. Unlike the other six remaining Halo installations, which were constructed by a separate array of rings, um, installation 07 is the only surviving ring from the original main array. Okay. So this is an OG ring? OOG. That's very exciting. That's why it's all creepy and mysterious. Yes. Um. So yeah, I don't know, like... 
the whole thing with him becoming guilty spark like completely is dominating my <laughs> memory of this like <laughs> and it's really funny too because throughout the book there's these little breaks these interludes where the monitor that they're interrogating which is chakas 343 guilty spark kind of like cuts out or um they stop the memory pull and there was uh earlier in the book we had mentioned that he accessed some files and it was like some anthropological files and i was just kind of like yeah. oh well whatever he's just he's just learning things <laughs> and so when they're about to shut him down and you think that they allow him to just shut down and just cease existence he actually has like uploaded himself into the ship's computer and just fucking hijacks the whole fucking ship and goes out in search of the librarian um just when just when you think you can sympathize with this fucker he just he's sneaky yeah, and he kills everybody on the ship. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, but it does kind of, I, I don't know. It's I have a very torn idea of about how I want to feel about 343 right now. I, guilty Spark, not the studios. But I have, yeah, I'm really torn on how I want to feel about it because he was not, he didn't want this at all. So I think you kind of have to separate him. From Chakas, don't you? I mean, it's Chakas's imprint. I mean, oh, because because like Riser and um, like everybody he loved has like either moved, like gone back, or they've died, right? And he's spent all this time never being able to evolve. All he's been able to do is access like databases. He's never been able to confront or feel. So he has all of these memories and things like that, but he doesn't know what to do with them. So over these thousands and thousands of years, he's actually drove himself insane yeah. because he's he's trying to process these things. You know, even when he's talking to Master Chief, he um, calls him Reclaimer um, in reference to, and he says, uh, when I last spoke to you, um, blah, 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 in reference to the Halo Arrays. And he was referring to him as Born Stellar, yes. basically. Um, so he's literally just drove himself insane. And he, I mean, I I can't. the The thing for me is I can't really separate the two because, um, because it's Chakas without being able to feel, like it's without that connection to Riser. It's just being stuck in the computer and being able to look at it go across the screen like binary code. Yeah but not being able to actually feel it. I don't know. That's just how I feel yeah. about it. It's funny, though. Like, when he takes over the ship, he's he's off to find the librarian. And I just find it funny that, like, this quest on the Halo Ring that ended in utter disaster for him and, you know, shuffled off the mortal coil but imprinted into this fucking machine. It's like he's resuming that quest thousands of years later trying to find the librarian and it's very interesting that i don't know like how much humanity is there for him and like is he going off to find like riser is he going off to try to find the imprint of uh Venevra? like maybe he wants to be restored it's true you know? like oh, we we really don't know because from this point on like 343 story is like a, a question mark like it's not referenced or anything from what i know Personally, I could be wrong. I said Riser was a lot or dead. So, you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, big lore guy. I'm a newbie. Yeah. Okay. But um 
maybe he wants to like I could see himself wanting to become Chaka's again so he could find his friend Riser, which Riser's dead. I mean, at this point, I mean, that's a long time. He was old probably. and he lasted a while, but I don't think he lasted eons. <laughs> yeah, that's that I mean, that's space dust old like Yeah. Come on now. But but did you Go ahead. I was going to read the end of the book here, just the last few lines that he says. Guilty spark. Uh, He's talking about the librarian. He says, some say she is dead, that she died on Earth, but that is demonstrably untrue. One of you almost certainly carries Venevra and Riser's old spirits within. Only the life shaper can find them and coax my friends back to life. And after 100,000 years of exploration and study, I know where to find her. So <laughs> it's damn. Yeah, it's a crazy cryptic line. And then, like, I I messaged you after that. I was like, "What is this? Is this is this something that he just pops?" Because I don't remember <laughs> Halo Four all that well. And I was like, "Is he popping up? What's going on here?" Uh, but it's kind of open ended, from what you tell me. Like, it's kind of just left open, and he's out there. And yeah, I mean, you've played the Infinite I mean, Campaign. I-, I don't know if this plays into that. But. No, um, that that does not. As far as I know yet, I think it would be interesting. Like, I was sitting here thinking about it. I was like, it'd actually be interesting for him to pop up in the Infinite campaign with all the other things that are surrounding it. Because the Infinite campaign is very mysterious with, like, this ancient race and, um, like, a lot of the imprinting, for example. Like, like, uh, how they basically put humans and other species in SD cards, right? You get to like see an entire like uh, forerunner construct of that of all these people in SD cards. So, um, and that that's something that like a, a lot of stuff from the, these books are kind of heightening, like the Infinite Campaign, because I'm like, oh my god. Um, but I'd love to see three four three Guilty Spark show up there. I think it'd be perfect, especially now that we're getting into like mendicant bias and whatnot. Yeah. So, Ooh, man. yeah, so we did get some stuff with mendicant bias and mendicant biases. I believe we mentioned it in the previous episode that the primordial and mendicant bias were in cahoots on this halo ring. I believe we mentioned that, right? Um, yes. So uh, things are running amok. And as things are running amok and mendicant bias and the primordial are putting these plans into action, that's when Born Stellar, a.k.a. the Didact, shows up and he has like a code that he's able to shut down mendicant mendicant bias and just disable him um because mendicant bias was was he created i'm trying to remember mendicant bias was created by was he created the didact and um the master builder yeah it was like they're some sort of like like when when the master builder went apeshit with the halo rings like there was a bunch of compromises reached um, especially, I mean, main one that they talk about is with a librarian about how like we'll populate them with like these species and this and that, and that's why you have humans on these places and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But was this? I can't remember. But was this like a compromise? Sort of like the compromise that the life shaper, the librarian, excuse me, had with um, the master builder, or was this? I can't remember. I could have swore they might have mentioned it, but it might have been just. Uh, I might be hallucinating here. See, you know, uh, I'm not too sure. I thought my assumption was probably wrong again here. Um, is that uh, this is one of the compromises between the master builder and the didact, or the master builder and the librarian? Because 
I mean, mendicant bias is a product of the master builders. So di- the didact would have to, or Bornsteller would have to have some information on mendicant bias to be able to shut him down. Or actually, better yet, um, he would have to have access to the librarian probably um, to be able to do yeah. that. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, mendicant bias, they continue, you know, it's it's a whole lot of this they continue on in this quest. Like this, it's really just like, it seems like aimless walking when you start to think about it, but they do end up at like this, and like a, a trolley is where they end up getting picked up. It, it kind of reminded me of like a uh, a monorail. Like, the Hobbit. <laughs> like, yeah, like oh. I, monorail for me, like the Simpsons monorail. So like, oh, yeah, we found it, the monorail. And they put you on the monorail and they bring you down to like the layer of like mendicant bias. Um, and so they get they get transported to this place. Um, there's fucking flood everywhere, too. Like, <laughs> it's the place is just a yeah. shit show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But they get uh, once they get brought down to Dominican biases like chambers, and it's deep within the halo. It's implied like we're not on the surface anymore. Um, the imprints. So um, the admiral. What's the good admiral's name? I'm drawing a blank on the good admiral's name. Um. Uh, oh shit. Uh. The <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um. He's an interesting character. Um, yeah. Uh, come on. Fucking admiral. Why am I drawing a blank on the admiral? He hates forerunners. Come yeah, on, come on, Brian. He's the Didact's main competition. Uh, oh, man. Oh, my God. I really cannot believe that Admiral on Halo. <laughs> this is so silly. Um, no, not for Forthenshko. Uh, Lord of Admirals. Yeah, Forthenshko. For 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 th- whoa. Fourth then show, the Lord of Admirals. Jesus. Lost my mic there for a second. How hard was that? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. But yeah, so <laughs> those imprints get removed. Um, and then uh, they're then at that point, the humans are tasked with saving um, the halo. Mendicant bias, like you have to save the halo now because they kept referring to it, the planet that's drawing closer and closer and like they're going straight forward on this halo. Um, and the gravity of it as it passes over is just going to rip the fucking thing apart. Um, so they get the imprints removed, and then they're told, okay, now we need your help saving uh, the halo. we got to stop it from colliding with this planet. Um, so um, as that is going on, um, it's at that point that Bornsteller shows up with the Forerunner forces. Um, shows up. He's like, I got a fucking plan. Yeah. Shows up, disables mendicant bias, um, and then him and Ch- he and Chakas team up one more time before <laughs> Chakas becomes a just a fucking chip, I guess. Um, so, but it, I, there was. I'm trying to find the line. There was a nice little line there where it was just Chakas talking. He's like, "You're the didact, but you're different." And then he's like, you're born stellar. And he's like, only in memories. And I was like, oh, that's sad, oh, too. Jesus like, this is all Christ. sad. It's all depressing. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is like a, this, like, the evolution of the Forerunners depresses me. The imprinting of these humans depresses me. Like, it's, it, well, it's also, I don't know, it's also unnatural and seems just wrong. Well, you know, when we, like, get into the grave mind and the primordium, like, when the chat goes on about the flood. 
and how the flood, um, it implies that the flood technically doesn't have to infect anybody. They like choose who to infect. Yeah. And um, the humans didn't fight them off, really. It's just that, guess what? They were the um, next mantle holders. They were the next, like, reclaimers. And the forerunners were not worthy. And that's yep. why the flood was, like, fucking them up. And it's just like, damn, that's so depressing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it. you know, the 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 old one, the primordial is... Um is like he says that to that act like yeah the forerunners failed um you they weren't worthy of carrying the mantle so it fell to the humans um and that's why the forerunners got the brunt of the flood so it's interesting that i don't know you kind of when you play the games you kind of think of the flood as like this completely mindless thing um in in a sense it is but it isn't blind like that whole like yeah they can choose who they infect like it earlier in the books you're like oh it sounds like the humans developed some sort of immunity to it like it's a virus or something but no it was just like nah i don't want to infect these people which is fucking nuts to me Yeah, basically it's like um it's like uh you know he, he basically says like the precursors and the flood there's not much of a difference between us so it's it's like um you know, he also mentions that there will be a time when the flood rises again and it'll challenge the humans directly. Yeah. And that's, of course, during the games. But it's just like, man, the, the precursors hate Forerunner so bad they just won't fucking die. Like, they have to infect the entire galaxy <laughs> just to watch them die. Like, damn. Yeah, it's really rough, man. Like these, <laughs> and the humans are just getting dragged along behind all this shit. This fucking awful competition and this just like hatred that they have with each other. Um, these little fucking apes with rocks and sticks just getting drugged behind two ancient civilizations. Yeah, and it it is funny to think about the humans here though too because uh, I mean it's implied when Forthchenko was you know. Uh, the Lord of Admirals, when he was alive in a physical form, like the humans, it's it, the way it's written. They sound a lot more technologically advanced, obviously, than we've been seeing out of like Riser and Gamalpar and Chakas and all these. They're very primitive. Um, but no, like the humans got set back so far by the roar of the forerunners and what was left of them and saved by the librarian. Like they're just these. It's yeah, it's it's like cavemen with like super high tech aliens, you know, and it's just a very interesting dynamic between the two. And <laughs> seeing Riser and Chakis get like dragged around into these crazy like contraptions, and you know, I mean, the way that Riser was able to tell that <laughs> that fucking when they previously when we went to the uh, that forerunner uh, area where they were doing experiments and stuff, and they were gonna try to imprint them there. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't smell them. That's how they knew that they weren't. It's just like a very, they're very primitive at this point. And it's just crazy to think about, yeah. like, the dynamics of the forerunners who are fucking, like, slip space, fucking travel. They've got these halo rings that can just blow up fucking entire galaxies. And then you have humans who are, like, catching rabbits and, like, cooking them on a spit, you know? And it's just, <laughs> it's fucking wild, man. It's fucking wild. And it. It's like, well, you know, the forerunners send humans back and turn them into these primitive little, like, insects. And then here's the last um, precursor, and he's like, no, listen, Mr. Forerunners, um, we, we're we going to extinguish you. 
Like, we don't want to send you back to the Stone Age. We want to completely demolish you. And that's, that's like, the depressing thing because with the, like, grave mind, it's like, well, is it really depressing because it's their fault? But with, like, the grave mind and the flood coming up, like, it the end is the end you know what i mean like it it all like ends on one road yeah and that involves halo and it's just like you know they kind of they kind of book uh cliff noted their own end there yeah it's just, i don't know it's just like an eye for an eye type they're an eye for an entire head type yeah thing, you know? <laughs> it's fucking wild like and then you know i think we talked about it a little bit we we're kind of musing like so the primordial the precursor that was released. Um, is, are they the flood or are they not? Like, they have a line in there where they're just like, um, we are the flood. I can't remember the exact line, but it's kind of like, we are the flood, but we're also not the flood. Um, but they're they're kind of like one in the same. Is that what we're supposed to understand here? Like, well, it sounds like that they created the flood or that they've now become the flood. Well, it's my understanding. So in like Halo Two and Halo Three, like the Grave Mind in those in the mm-hmm. games, right? Or is it Halo Three? Like this is the same Grave oh, okay. Mind. So my my assumption is is like this this last precursor is is it the flood. And that's kind of like the DNA's like something similar, my assumption is. Um I'll probably get like corrected by some chat or something. Um, have you been getting yelled at in your Chad, DMs? I have not, no, you know, um, nobody like comes on the Twitter, you know, they listen and I like, I look at the numbers and I'll be like, Oh, people are still listening. And then I don't even have to get on Twitter. Huh. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people to engage with too many people, at, you know, at certain points. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's good that you're not getting yelled at because we definitely fumble over things and like forget fucking shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, if if and if anything, somebody'd make a YouTube video about us and we'd never see. Yeah, it. which is fine. Like this, oh, this this podcast, a couple hundred listeners. These guys suck. Okay, fine. I mean, if that's if <laughs> if that's what somebody wants to do, then by all means. Um, no, nobody likes the Cowboys. Like, okay, damn. No. All right, Washington fans, settle down. Yeah, the Washington uh, Halo fans <laughs> going to be mad at you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, th- One thing I'll say about these first two books is they are fucking dense. Like, There's a lot to take in here. And I thought I kind of had an idea about Halo and the Forerunners and just like a general sense. But there's so much more than what you get on surface level. You know, I mean, these just fucking dive in. And there's just... The imprints, the composer, um, you know, all this stuff that they're just, like, throwing at you. And this is these different forms, like the Denisov Owens, the large ape that I have. What was Mara? Mora? Yeah. The fuck happened to her? Where, where is she? <laughs> <laughs> they just all fell in a hole. I mean, a trolley they hole. They fell in a trolley <laughs> hole, and then sh- they fucking, next thing you know, everybody's a fucking monitor. Everybody's dead. Like, it's just, the Didact shows up, and everybody's fucking dead. Um, but yeah, uh, it's interesting, and I, I don't know. So I'm assuming the next book is going to be focusing in on the Forerunners and the Flood Clashing. Would be my guess. I mean, you said you don't remember a ton about it. You've read it before. I I remember like like I don't remember 
like the book, but I I know that it's about the erdidact and um the librarian and the isodidact and um some stuff. That's all I remember. And honestly, I guess arguments about the halo ring cuz obviously the the ending is going there. Um sure. But yeah, that's all I remember. But Silentium, you know, uh it's kind of like a morbid title now that I think about yeah. it. Cause, cause complete silence. So, so is the Erdidact, yeah. I'm getting my didact mixed up. The Erdidact, is that the first didact that we met that got released? Yes, the Erdidact is actually um, the original um, uh, didact, the one you see. Well, yeah, the original didact, yeah. Okay, so like prior to, okay, and then Born Stellar is the ISO didact, right? Yes. Okay. And the 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 real and the, I mean the cool thing about Silentium is you're gonna see the differences between the two because Born Stellar's experiences have kind of like uh, and I don't remember any of this this is just vague um, Born Stellar's uh, experiences have like shifted the way the didact views things so um, you know a lot of cucky stuff okay. going on I mean we do know that Born Stellar was he was very happy when he found Chakus. He's like, I found you. <laughs> He's like, ah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he definitely has favorable views of humans. Yeah. I mean, he likes them more than your average forerunner. That's for sure. And that was kind of one of the cool things about Born Stellar's journey in the first book was just him kind of beginning to, you know, he, he started to take to these little guys. He started to really kind of uh, feel for them and kind of began to understand humanity a little more. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as Forerunner goes, like, Born Stellar is much more, he was less insufferable than pretty much any other Forerunner that we encountered throughout the way. That's for sure, as far as I'm concerned. So, so speaking of Born Stellar, and I think, um, I don't know, this might excite you. Um, this, this is like slight infinite campaign spoilers because, like, um, legendary, like, ending dialogue isn't, it's probably, like, the least thing. It's not even... A mention because there is like a post credit scene for the infinite campaign, which I won't touch on, but there is dialogue for the legendary ending, which is just dialogue over the, the post credit scene. And if you, if you don't know, you don't know. And if you know, you know, and, uh, to get you excited, um, there's been a lot of speculation that the voiceover that is heard over there is actually born still. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the isodidact, which, would make a lot of sense, and it'd be really cool considering what happens to the didact in Halo Four. I I hope they bring him back. <laughs> I gotta get. Th- I'm on my uh, on Halo Two right now in the playthrough. We finished up Halo CE. And I was playing with the Authorian historian. We got to finish up Halo Hell Two. Yeah. I think Halo Four. You can probably oh. hop in at that point because I don't think you're limited to two. I think it's Halo Three. Halo Three. You can uh, yeah. Right. Halo Three. I think yeah. is when you can have more than two. On the co-op. Halo 3, Halo 3, ODST, and then um, uh, 4, f- yeah, from that point on. Skipped yeah. Reach for the and time being. Infinite. God. Yeah. And then Reach. I forgot about Reach. Nobody seems to like Reach. Reach is- <laughs> yeah, I, d- I just think it's redundant because we'll, in- we'll read The Fall of Reach, and that's like a 100,000 times better book than that is a game. Like that Fall of Rage is like probably one of my favorite books of all. So that's time. the novelization of the game. Uh, no, it's the novelization. It's the backstory of Master Chief. Okay. 
and how the Spartan program came to be. And it's a lot of information, a lot of tough choices Dr. Holsey had to make. And it's basically what happened to John and all the Spartans during the fall of Reach. So instead of you being like Noble Six and going through these vague missions, like the book just dives right in, which it's so good. So good. Nice. I had a Saturday school. It was a four-hour Saturday school, and I'd gotten like one hour of sleep after staying up and playing like Halo 3 uh, the night before. And uh, I read that entire book in one sitting. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That that's was, a good way. Uh, ooh, that was a long time ago. I mean, that's a good use of a Saturday detention, I, you know, reading a book. Oh, yeah. That doesn't sound that bad now. That. Man, I, I would have that would have been fun now. <laughs> like if I'm, you know, in my 30s. That'd be fun to get pulled back and have to do Saturday school again. I'd just be reading books all day. What's wrong with that? That's not if, even if punishment. S- if some if some admin person just pulled me aside and just said, hey, you need to slow down detention, I'd be like, oh, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, this is great. I get to read. When's nap yeah. time? <laughs> <laughs> nap and read. That's all you got to do. That seems easy now. It sounds miserable back in the day, but easy now. Oh, I know. It's like uh, every, every single day um, – when my wife is off work, my my kids at a daycare too. Um, she can't put him down to like nap. He associates nap with me. So when he starts getting like too ecstatic or very frustrated, I'll be like, "Oh, it's nap time," and I'll go up to him and be like, "Buddy, it's nap time," and he'll run away and be like, "No, no, 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 no," and I'll be like, "Dude, I want a fucking nap. Just take a fucking nap, <laughs> like." Yeah, it's it's crazy when you grow up the things that all of a sudden aren't so insufferable. That used to be just like the Antichrist. <laughs> Fucking naps and reading. I, <laughs> I will say, though, in my early 20s, I didn't take a single nap. Like uh, like the military and college, like no naps at all. And now that I'm getting into my later 20s, um, dare I say early 30s, um, I take more naps. Like I'll get home and I'll just pass out on the couch or... <sighs> sucks. <laughs> They're not even good naps either. They're like the naps you wake up from that you you feel like you just got knocked out by Mike Tyson. Yeah, those are weird. You know, I thought there's sometimes you take <sighs> naps that just aren't refreshing at all. That you actually feel worse afterwards. You feel like weird. This weird warmness come over your body. It's probably what it would be like getting imprinted by a forerunner. Like you, probably, <laughs> it's kind of like how Chakas feels. Like I think I'm here, but I'm not. You know, like it was fucked up. You feel like you're getting like a big old hug from the isodidact. He's like, "Come here." It's like, "Damn, dude, it's something else." No, they, they, I think it was like last Wednesday, last Thursday. Um, I slept in the bedroom, and my wife likes to keep it somewhat warm in the house, which I'm totally against. I hate it. I'm I'm a very warm blooded person, cold all the way, and uh, so I had it extremely cold in the back room. As soon as I got home, I passed out. My wife usually gets home about five, so that's an hour and a half worth of nap if I can pass out immediately. And the next thing I know, my wife's, like, pinching my my big toe, like, hey, are you asleep? I'm like, I guess (laughs) not anymore. Nope. (laughs) Oh, man. Then I get up, and I'm, like, trying to find, like, a candy bar or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got to hit that. You got to hit that sugar. That's That's what's really needed right then. Oh, or a cup of coffee. Get that boost, man. You got to get that boost. Oh, man. Um, So, what do we think for... What a book. It was a great book. I mean, I, I actually enjoyed it more overall than Cryptum. 
Um, Better reading experience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting to see the the little guy side of things. Just the the curiousness of Riser. I just, I love Riser. I think he's my favorite character so far. Um, and he's a lot smarter than you really, you know, on, on surface that you can give him credit for, too. He's pretty intuitive. Um, so it was nice to see Riser again. God knows if he's been imprinted somewhere. Apparently, 343 Guilty Spark thinks that the imprints are somewhere, and he's going to find the librarian. He's going to get his buddy back. Um, <sighs> 343 is insane. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, so, I yeah, I'm really curious, though, what happens next with 343 Guilty Spark. Because, you know, he's off on his quest again. But... We don't know. I mean, the book kind of ends, and as far from what you're telling me, that's it. Like that's where we left off with him last, right? I'm I'm gonna Google um, Guilty Spark and see if he like has made any appearance um, yet, because I don't I don't think he has. Um, as far as I know, like when I was reading this, I was like, oh man, what has he done after the fact? No, it hasn't done anything. So appearances. Um, Primordium, Combat Evolved, Combat Evolved, um, appearances, well, he appears in Salentium, I guess. He also appears Halo Hunters in the Dark, which is released, uh, in 2015. Oh, is Hunters in the Dark, um, mm, no, damn it, I don't know. So apparently he makes an appearance in, uh, Flood, uh, First Strike, Ghost of Onyx, um, of course, CE two three Primordium Salentium Hunters in the Dark. I don't know. That's probably uh, another book I have on my bookshelf that I haven't looked at. But that's all we know. Well, right now. that's cool though. Going forward, what are they going to do with it? That's Some, exciting. Something exciting. Yeah. What are we going to get? Put them on Zeta you, Halo. You finished <laughs> the Infinite Campaign, right? Yeah, okay. I did. I haven't. I haven't touched it since, unfortunately. But yeah, nice. Um, Really yeah. good, really good. Probably my favorite campaign. That's good. I'm gonna have to hop back into Halo Two here soon. I got I got stuck reading some Star Wars books back in my old ways. Uh, oh man. Oh yeah. I I've been trying to find uh, like I've been reading some comics because they're so much easier for me to read around Stetson yeah. because sometimes he'll sit in my lap and look at him and he'll be like Spider Man. I'm like yeah, that's <laughs> Spider Man. Uh, with like a novel though, he wants to like. Hold it, yeah. and pretend to read it, and oh man, it, it's it's becoming a lot tougher to like read or podcast, podcast especially. Like, uh, whew, gotta plan that way in advance, which sucks. Well, we got it in, it worked out. Oh yeah, like like this is easy. Like uh, between you and me is really easy, but with my wife and I, ooh man, that's ooh, because then we both have to read. Like for Wayfinder, yeah. we both have to read. And then we have to record, and that just doesn't doesn't happen, especially not right now. Sucks. So, slight hiatus on Wayfinder <laughs> currently, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's fine. No idea what we want to do next, but you know, Stetson's uh, going through some stuff. I have been nonstop sick for like four months, and then teaching has taken everything out of Kaylee. <laughs> so. Well, they'll fucking pay teachers more. They should. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't think you get any debate from me on that. That's for sure. So, Fallen Star is going to come out. Are you going to be able to read it, or what do you think you're going to do? See, 
I would have pre-ordered it by now. I'd have pre-ordered all of them by now because that's what I've done with all yeah. of them. Like, uh, no, for the uh, the Rising Storm, I own like I think four or five different copies. Um, I think I'll probably wind up getting it um, maybe next month or something. I don't know. I'm getting some Amazon gift cards today at some point because my Christmas is this week. Oh, there you of. go. So we'll see. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I you know I I I saw on Twitter that. Somebody was like, oh, it's like a couple of days until it comes out. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. It. It's like a week away. <laughs> Jesus It's Christ. a higher Republic Star Wars book for Halo fans that aren't in tune with that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been a crazy month. It was Halo Infinite. Then it was Spider-Man No Way Home. And then, you know, the Hawkeye season finale. And then Omnicron. It's, cr- it's Christmas content season. That's what it is. A lot of content around oh, Christmas, man. and then let's get through this. Then there's gonna be a little lull, and then summer rolls around, and then everything fucking goes. Everything goes. So, fucking tis the season. My season tickets for the Mavs start on the fifteenth against the Grizzlies. I think is it the Grizzlies? Probably the Grizzlies. Grizzlies have been on or fire. Is it the magic. It's the okay. magic. It's that the magic. <laughs> on a Saturday. Woo! Because man. I'll tell you, I'd I'd rather honestly drive an hour down to downtown Dallas to watch them like twice a week than um, pay for um, Dish. Yeah. Or DirecTV because Mark Cuban's kind of put a monopoly on DirecTV. It's like, hey, you don't have DirecTV? Well, you're not watching the Mavs. And to him, I say, sir, NBABite.com exists. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole Bally sports thing that's going on, and it's just like... Streaming services have just been getting fucked because of this Sinclair Media or whatever. Like, they won't come to any kind of fucking deals with, like, Sling or any of these fucking... So, it's just been a fucking mess trying to... <coughs> like, I have to let my... I have to give my dad my Xfinity password so he can log into a streaming service so he can watch the games because he has YouTube TV and he can't fucking stream them anymore. So, it's all stupid. Yeah, what's crazy is, is like, um, we have to use what's... Oh, fuck, I don't remember the fucking name. Bali Sports. Bali yep. Sports. Bali Sports, um, yeah, that's the one. And, oh, ba- is it called Bali? Bali, like those old fitness uh, clubs. There used to be like uh, Bali Fitness. Yeah, Bali, yeah, Bali's giving us the wiener. So, and, you know, it was like, man, 10 years ago when I used to watch Mavs with my mom, it's like uh, we didn't have that. Like you could just turn on the TV and watch it. And now, like, uh, I'm having to put, you know, my hand inside of the garbage disposal just to like find a, a stream sure. link that's not ass or that'll that won't um cut in and out, you know? <laughs> it's like damn. I will say shout out to the people who do have those streams because the H D quality now compared to back in the day was good. It's no, if you can find a good stream, <laughs> it ain't bad. Yeah, you know. It's not too bad. I'll airplay it to the T V. Nice. <sighs> Technology, man. There's always ways around. Oh, man. Okay, so we'll do parts, um, part one of Silentium in two weeks. Should be interesting. I have a feeling it's going to be a wholly different book than the first two that we've read because there wasn't much similar between book two with book one, so I'm expecting that trend to continue. But what the hell does the future hold for Born Stellar? Interesting stuff. Yeah, it's it's um man, I don't remember shit that happened in this book. 
Like I've heard a lot of people say this is their favorite book, Halo book of all time, Salentium is, and I don't remember any of it. I feel like it's one it's a big book about like debating moral dilemmas. Yeah. Then again, that could be wrong. I don't know. You know, correct me if I'm wrong or don't. That's perfectly fine. Um uh but 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 outside of that, uh I think I said I'd do the Mavs games fifteen. There's gonna be some Mavs game on a Monday. Uh, hopefully they're they aren't on the every other Monday schedule. So no, I can always you um, know, afternoon's pretty easy for me to do once I get off work, so um yeah. yeah, I don't know. If I was gonna give this one, let's give it a real rating though. Um uh, I think I give the last one a rating. I'm gonna give this uh out of five. I'm gonna give it a solid four out of five. I think that's what I probably gave the last so one. So what what did we give? did was the last one like a seven and a Is half? Is that what we did? Did we do out of ten? I feel like I feel like I feel like I put it down somewhere. Um Jesus, did I put it down anywhere? I don't know. I think, think I, I did, did seven out of ten if I'm remembering correctly. Do I have it in and my I'll give notes? this one an eight, an eight out of ten. Um, there were some reviews on Goodreads that weren't very kind. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> they yeah, aren't. I, I, they don't like Greg. Apparently, Bear. but I, I don't know. I found it to be really well writ, and um, I don't know. I was enthralled with certain points, but like I didn't want to put it down. I wanted to finish it up, so that's why we ended up doing the rest of it. It's probably a good thing too because we would have done a quarter for the. It just would have been more walking and shit, you know. Yeah. It just Yeah, I feel like Oh, go ahead, no, sorry. It that's it. It just would have been more of the same, really. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Cryptum is like a seven and a half, simply because it does a lot of setting up and it's really good. And the characters they introduce is likable and you want more. And this is really like you could read this book and literally be like, What's the point? And then I would say, Well, that's yeah. the point. You know, because this book is about analyzing humans and analyzing human behavior and what it means to be a human. And these characters literally just trudge along through nothingness only to go into a pit of nothingness, only to be told that, you know, you, their biggest accomplishment that they've ever been through was basically a fucking lie. And that agency, um, guess what? Like you thought like you had a choice against the librarian. Well, that doesn't matter because it doesn't have to be the librarian to make, choices for you like here's the didact who's or the or born seller who's your cl one of your closest friends but it's he's he kind of made that selfish choice and um put you on that installation for you to watch over so this book is like um a trudge through nothingness and depression and because it's written that way i think i'd give it an eight and a half okay. that's a fair rating probably I'm yeah. gonna give it. Like, I'll go. The, I'll go an eight. Uh, leave me some wiggle room for Silentium. See where we go with it. I just like. I just like the way like uh, this book doesn't have a point to it. It's like you know, you keep going and you're like, okay, when's it gonna get to it? And then eventually, along the lines, you stop caring about that and you start caring about these characters and these scenarios. Yeah. Like for me, it was kind of when Riser showed back up. It was like, oh, so we've been like waiting for a moment like this where all these characters come together and you know, riser points out, Hey, everything around you is a lie. Like, yeah. You've been going through nothingness and that's kind of the moment for me. And there's not a moment like that. in Crypto. Yeah. I kind of like the chaos of it all. It's like, it's very absurd that they landed here, you know, all the shit that they've gone through and then they land here on this dying halo ring 
and what ends up happening in the end, but they get imprinted into a fucking monitor. Chakas does. And so it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's absurd. Like, <laughs> it's just the absurdity of his yeah. life, you know? Um, and it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like you have an existential crisis and you're like, what the fuck is the point of all this? And for <laughs> Chakas, it was just like, well, your point was apparently to be turned into a fucking machine. So there really was no point. It's just absurdity all around. And you're the poor fucking soul that got stuck with it. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's Gamelpar choosing to die and choosing to die with dignity. Yeah. And it's Bornsteller saying, no, you're not going to die. Um, I need you to serve a purpose for yeah. me. You know, you, you, you have agency up to a point, whether you live or die, there's your agency. Everything else is yeah. trivial. I'm like, that's so fucking depressing. Yep. <coughs> yeah, I mean, the fate of Gamelpar versus the fate of Chakas is is just, like, shocking. It's, it's like, Gamelpar had it right, man. Like, because they wanted to imprint Gamelpar there, and he was like, nope, don't let him. Nope, not doing it. I'm going to die right here, right now. Let Went out on die. his own terms. <coughs> retained some freedom. Ooh. You know, and that's nice for Gamelpar because his little, he, he really had not a ton of freedom. He was placed there. Um, you know, and forced to like, you know, he got moved there. Um, and he didn't, you know, his, he didn't really have any real agency either, but he took control of that. And it's kind of like, um, with Chakas, we've had moments where we thought he was taking control, but in the end it didn't matter. So he never had any kind of control. It all just fucking fell right into what he, you know, it's sad. I don't know. It's a, it's a tragic story for Chakas, and it, it makes you think about Guilty Spark a little differently. And this this book kind of starts to slow lean into the nothing really matters, because this is the trilogy of nothing really matters, because we know the ending. Like, we we, we know the yeah. ending. We know what the ha the halos were made for. Um, we have to set up um, the didact in Halo 4 being, guess what? And then yet another cryptum, you know? So it's like, it's just a, a trilogy of nothingness. It's like, wow, you went all this way. Well, just for and then also, you know, I mean, the primordial <laughs> precursor flood, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> um, they're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, whenever somebody takes up the mantle, we're just going to be there and you're going to have to deal with us. And so it's just like... <laughs> You think about humanity from where people like Chakas and Riser were here. We talked about it. They're kind of like cavemen, basically. And to where they are, you know, in the year 2500 or whatever, when it's Halo and it's Master Chief. Um, like, in the end, all that progress is just going to be met with, like, the greatest of resistance known to the galaxy. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of shit doesn't matter in this. It's kind of like it's all a fucking chaos in the end. I think eventually Halo has to, like, uh, shake itself free of this, like, idea of destiny that, like, you know, because it's kind of set up in a way that Master Chief is the reclaimer. Yeah. Like, he's he's it. And that whoever came before him wasn't printed, to him, printed in him in order for him to be such a significant person. And Halsey's kind of, you know, responsible for that. That's kind of the way it's set up. And, uh, you know, Cortana even being a copy of Halsey. Um, and the weapon um, now in Halo Infinite. So it's it's like, come on. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see where it goes in Solentium because I'm completely hands off at this point. I have no fucking idea about anything going yeah. forward. Well, <laughs> which is good because I apparently didn't before yeah. either. <laughs> no, it'd be interesting. It'd be a little bit different for us then. Um, all right. Um, so we got an eight point five from you and an eight from me. Um, so a good start to our little Halo chronological tour that we're taking. Uh, so we will see you in two weeks for Silentium Part One. Uh, do you want to? Merry Chief Miss. Merry Chief Miss, and a happy Halo to you.